Hi, you guys, and welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and today I am sitting down with my friend Leith, L-E-I-T-H. Leith and I met during an intensive like um, mental health professionals um, retreat, and Leith is like... She's like a cross between like a fairy godmother, but like someone who's super cool and has an incredible amount of immense wisdom that has come from an incredible amount of experience and pain. Getting to witness Leith do her work was prolific and life-changing for me, but getting to watch Leith do her work now, like on this side of things, to hear her life, to hear her story, to watch how she has spun straw into gold is it's incredible so i have to share it with you and i have to share it with you also like in the framework of the immense like global transition that we are all experiencing right now with coronavirus with the cluster that 2020 has been that sometimes when it just doesn't stop maybe there's something that we can do about it so without further ado my friend leith and her incredible story cheers I just, I would love to just kind of talk through whatever parts of your story in regards to the reboot. I think that that would be a really neat thing for people that their lives, a lot of people's lives are being turned around right now by COVID Mm -hmm. and -hmm. because it's happening to them. But like part of what your story has been is you're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like our life got upended and now we're going to choose to reboot. And I have thought often of you guys over the last six months of like, man, like they kind of took it by the balls and mm-hmm. we're like, mm, no, that doesn't get the last say. We're going to have mm-hmm. the say on how this mm-hmm. is. And so I just would love to hear mm-hmm. that from your perspective and then be able to just kind of do just normally chat. Okay. Deal. Mm, so good. Okay. Um, it probably starts, well, I'll just share at least that. Um, so our, our Hadley, do you want me to talk as if you don't know much about me or just whatever? Oh gosh. You know, um, I think it's okay if I know just the people that are listening that, that obviously they don't know yet. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so love I might be a little more Hadley. detailed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our, it. so our, you know, we have our three kids, Holden, Hadley, Avery, and or Hadley was born without part of her brain. Okay. Severe special needs. Uh, 24-7 care, G-tube, seizures, wheelchair, oxygen, deaf and blind. And um, I would say that's kind of where our trauma, the trauma we were aware of at the time, that's where our trauma started, like as a family. And because our needs were so great. And moving into um, then three months before Hadley died, she died when she was 12, which is almost 10 years, January will be 10 years. Um, three months before she died, Holden was coming out as gay. At that time, that was a very big deal for our family. Um, we were, I would say most of our friends probably wouldn't ever say that we were conservative Christians. We kind of always lived a little edgy 
but that was definitely an area that we were stuck in a box. We had been okay. taught one thing, one way, and that was all we knew. So when he came to us, we're kind of like, no, you definitely can't be gay because you're not just like born that way. So we got to figure this out. Thank God he has forgiven us for that. And Holden has, and we have <clears throat> are at a great place now, but that was a journey. So that was a big deal that happening three months before Hadley dies. Then Hadley dies January of 2011. Okay. And within the next two years, Holden, we find out Holden's doing drugs. Um, he lands in rehab. At the same time, I was finding out some things about my childhood that were coming to surface. Um, started getting some help with just even dealing with Hadley's, Hadley being born without part of her brain. I had never okay. actually like done any work on that. Um, so you were surviving, we were like surviving 12 life. years yes. survival. You provided all the care. Um, yeah, I was her full-time caregiver. Of course, my husband helped when he could and he helped a ton. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And we had, we did have some caregivers, especially as she got older, we had caregivers coming into the home and helping out, okay. but I actually got paid from the state to take care mm-hmm, of her. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, did you know when, when you were pregnant with Hadley that, that she was going to be born with part, without part of her brain? No, we had no idea. Um, we found out when she was four months old, you know, um, since you're a mom, you know, they measure baby's heads mm-hmm. when you go in for newborn appointments and, um, and every month. And so at two months, her head was really tiny and doctors like, mm, we need to keep an eye on that. There was nothing obvious except for now in hindsight, we could say like, she often kept her little, we call them her little paws, kept her little yep. paws up here. Yep. Um, and she kind of had this robotic movement with her head. Um, but there was nothing that pointed that we should be concerned about anything. He said, let's just keep an eye on this head size. We'll get her off the breast onto some formula. She wasn't sucking very well. Of course, now we yeah. know neurologically. That's why she wasn't that's sucking very well. Totally. So um, at four months, he was like, I am not comfortable with this head size. It is Her head really hasn't grown at all. And, you know, their heads just start really growing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's when we did an MRI. And I even stood next to the tech while he was doing the MRI. I stood next to him and I just said, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it just be awful to find out something terrible at one of these things? Like, that's how much oh. we didn't know something was wrong. And he kept saying, oh. you're going to need to speak with your doctor. And I'm like, oh, no, I know. Yeah, I'm just okay, saying, like, yeah, it would okay. be terrible to find out something awful at one of these, you know. Um, wow, it's like you knew, so, Like, you can almost hear your subconscious offering you that, like, hey, maybe I am going to hear something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Now, looking back, I could see, but I literally thought I was clueless at the time. But you're right. I think there was something in me that was like, yeah, something's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we thought we'd get results back. They said, of course, no news is good news. That's not accurate. Um, urgent, <laughs> life-threatening news doesn't necessarily come right away. Um, because she wasn't, nothing was life-threatening with her. They did not reach out to us until the next Wednesday. And we both, no, no it was Monday morning. I called the doctor's office like six times and just said, have you had any report? Because we both woke up a little anxious that morning. And for my husband to say he felt anxious, that's when I shit my pants because I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to feel like that. But if you're feeling that, then something's not right with her. So the doctor called and he said, I need to see you and your husband in my office today at four um, to talk about your daughter's future. I'm like, wait, what are are you talking about? So he gave me a category on the phone and just said, I will see you this afternoon. And so he sat there with tears streaming down his face. 
telling us that she was born without most of her cerebellum, the back part. It's like the little cauliflower part in the back of the brain. Um, she had just a tiny bit of it. And then the rest of her brain was really underdeveloped as well. So microcephaly is what small brain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is. And then cerebellar hypoplasia is meant lack of a cerebellum. And that's why her head hadn't grown. So her little skull was fused because her little tiny brain wasn't pushing it apart. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of Hadley's uh, beginning. The beginning. And everything yeah. is a shock. Just shock and then a shock and then a shock and mm-hmm. then... Mm-hmm. a chronic newborn or what was the journey mm-hmm. like in caring for Hadley as she also then was a 12 year old? Mm-hmm. Mm. It was um, impossible. Mm. I actually broke my hand twice. I can't remember if I ever shared this with you guys. No. Um, broke my hand twice during her life. The first time she was three and she got her G2 when she was two and she kind of okay. threw up a lot that whole year. And we could not get, figure it out. Was she getting too much? Was it getting in too fast? And we tried everything. And finally, she started throwing up one morning. And it was like, looked like coffee grinds, which meant it was old blood. And everything, the last three years of us saying, look at us, McHugh's. We've got this. God is so good. He would never give us more than we could handle. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, um, I was like, That's a funny three, line. Three years of all of that bullshit just came out and I punched the floor, which was just carpet. And by the time I pulled my hand up, I was like, Oh my gosh, something's not right. And so when I took her in to see the doc, got her admitted to the hospital. And before we headed to the hospital, I was like, could you take a look at this? And he said, Oh, what did you do? He said that I can yeah. tell looking at it, the boxers fraction. I said, well, I beat the shit out of the floor. Yeah. So then I did it again two years later. Um, She was screaming. Um, Turns out she had gastritis, super, super, super painful, but also super easy to heal. But when you go through the list of every possible thing and you don't know it's gastritis for a while, she screamed for a month, even with Valium being sedated. And finally, I just, I lost my mind and I just pressed the desk. So I broke my hand twice. Yeah, and it's different when you say, I broke my hand. It's not like, oh, like, look, my hand broke. Like, no, like, out of, like, what, like, think about, like, the impetus to drive your hand mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. hard as you can into the mm-hmm. ground, into the, like, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. that, the, like, the shift of, like, powerlessness to, like, power. Mm-hmm. I'm going to smash, I'm going to, I need to mm-hmm. smash this. Yes. And I literally, I remember always thinking people that had, like, anger issues and whatever. I'm oh. like, oh, you had a choice when you did that, whatever. I'm telling you, while it was happening, I was out of control. I was blacked out. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking I wasn't done. I wasn't done, but I, it hurt. And so I finally kind of came to and was like, I got to stop doing that. Yep. And then it was all shredded up. Um, Right. right. And then I did it again, which means like, okay, (laughs) like you don't you like figure that out the first time. No, but we know that's our not. animal brain, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and let's also highlight that's not anger issues. What other response mm-hmm. is there? Look at what's happening. That is a natural mm-hmm. human. That's the most the most human response we could possibly mm-hmm. have of like I I'm I this is too mm-hmm. much. Something mm-hmm. needs to be destroyed right now. Mm-hmm. That's not an anger issue. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely I agree. Um I didn't have words for that at the time that that was mm-hmm. happening. Um, but I remember thinking like, I didn't, I thought I would have a choice when I got to that point. Like, and it just, I was just responding. Lizard brain took over. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, 
so that was Hadley's like little um, life. It was, it felt fairly impossible most of the 12 years. Um, we, I would say we hung on by more than threads. We lived a good life. We kept our marriage together. We kept our kids alive and going and playing and traveling. And we'd take Hadley with us and drag her through the airplane. And um, we, we did not stop living. And it was really, really, really hard. Um, and towards the end, I remember saying like, I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. Like I'm, I'm at my own emotional max Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I don't know how much longer I can do this. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that was about four months before she died and she was beginning to suffer a lot too. So that's part of what what I couldn't do anymore. I could not watch her suffering. It was literally about to take me out as a mom, um, she was miserable and it's like, she'd have a surgery on her hip for, um, she had the ball removed because it was grinding on her, uh, inside on her hip in the socket. Yep. And, um, so you have that removed. Well, then a few months later, all of a sudden this random infection shows up. So they have to slice, lay open her leg. It's 13 centimeters by five by six wound back for six months. No. And she just passed out from crying when the nurse would come to change the, the um, gauze and all the stuff that was stuffed in there. And it was that kind of stuff. Please. So when that I'm saying I couldn't stuff. take anymore, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing my, I did an interview with Rob Bell a few years ago. And um, I told him at that point we were five years out. Yeah, is that right? It had only been five years since she had died at that point. And I remember saying, I'm just now not feeling so tired. That was five years after she died. I was feeling a little less tired, Mm. like just exhausted, tired, not sleepy, tired, you know. Correct. Yeah. And the bones tired. Yeah. 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 Of of course. Because that type of exhaustion is beyond physical tired. That is like the soul fibers of who you are as a human and as a mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Torture. Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think, let's see, where, where was I? Oh, so Holden. So Holden, then we find out he's doing drugs. I'm going through my own story. Our marriage starts going in the shitter. And <laughs> we're like, whoa, what's happening here? Yeah, um, collapse. That was, so literally everything was starting everything. to come in. Like, Avery everything. was the only thing that wasn't collapsing. <laughs> um, everybody else was nose diving and it was not cute. And finally realized that um, Aaron had, he was not doing well emotionally, yeah. but we didn't know that. And he had been holding us all up for 12 of years. Of you know, literally had one tiny nostril sticking out above yes. waterline and he yeah. was finally starting to go under once once Holden got to a place where he, we knew he was like safe and he was recovering and all that and then I was I had my first introduction with on-site and had spent time there and I was getting well and I think that's when he finally let down um, yep it's so real yep that's how the system functions right it's like <clears throat> okay your turn okay your turn and subconsciously we do that we don't fall apart until mm-hmm. we're all almost allowed to mm-hmm. and then it's mm-hmm. like I can break now mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Hi, you guys. Elise here, your podcast host for TrailerCast podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that TrailerCast is also available on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a special community for creatives. And it is a way to support the people that are behind the microphone or um, on the Zoom call or, or doing these things called podcasts. So if you have um, been affected by TrailerCast and feel like contributing to the show and the making of the show, um, I'd be grateful. So if you are interested, you can check out trailercast.com or search us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. So that's what started kind of this idea of Reboot was us figuring out something wasn't working and what were we going to do about it? Like, Mm. do we stay in that house? Do we stay in our marriage? Do we stay in friendships? Do we, so (laughs) what needs changing and rearranging and refreshing? Um, And so we, we wanted to consider moving out of our house, but the thought of leaving that house, knowing that was Hadley's bedroom, we built that house for her. It was modified for her. All the doorways were extra wide and the ramp in the garage and, everything her shower had double shower heads and um so leaving that we tried once to think about putting the house in the market we couldn't do it so then we were like no we have to get out of here there is too much pain the walls the carpet the um curtains whatever was in that house held pain in it that's where our son was coming out that's where our son was doing drugs that's where our marriage was falling apart that's where i found out about childhood stuff like it was all happening in there so we were like, step number one, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so we did. We, um, we sold the house. We put it on Facebook and sent emails to every person we know Stop saying, it. come get it. Um, pay what you can. Take it if you can't. And um, we opened Pull up our stuff. house for two days. Yep. And literally silverware, dishes, furniture, clothing, bedding, mattresses, everything went out the door. Every now single thing. Mostly. So the, the disclaimer is we kept all of Hadley's things. I could not, mm, sure, I sure, couldn't sure, even sure. get rid of like her medical supplies. Right. So my best friend was like, just put every one of her things in a storage tub. Yep. You can, yep. you can deal with it later. So it was like 12 storage tubs or something for her stuff. Um, we did get rid of her hospital bed and stuff like that. That was, sure. we donated to a friend who needed it. Um, Holden requested that we keep his things because he was in rehab, so he couldn't go through it. So we kept all his. We kept gear, like my husband's rock climbing, ice climbing, snowboards, mm-hmm. all this, those things. What else? Photos. That, right. I mean, really, like everything. Yeah, yeah. you're right, because you're right. Also, maybe all the things that didn't hold pain. Yes. Minus Hadley's stuff that, that was still just not the time for yet to kind yes. of go through. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so we, I mean, we had some things, but we basically got rid of everything and it was the best thing <sighs> to oh this day God. that we've ever done ever. Radical. And now, I mean, I wish I could walk you around with my thing and show you what, what we've created now out of that. Um, but it, someone just came over the other day and they were like, this is the happiest place I've ever been in. This place is so serene. This is joy. This, I mean, that's the experience yeah. in our home now um so so same home no this we built from the ground up okay so you so you not only sold everything in your home you sold your home the actual oh yeah (laughs) i didn't make that clear yeah the home it's up the street we don't even like driving by it it's beautiful it's amazing everyone loves it 
Everyone say it's like a spa in there. No, we're like even driving by it. Yeah. So that's the street. New house, ground up, (laughs) new, new memories, new container. Um, Yes. (laughs) New floor plan. Walking the floor plan. Just walking from the bathroom to the hall to the this and that is different than the path from Hadley's room to the bathroom to our room, kitchen to the all that. Would you maybe speak to that? Because that's important to you. So you mentioned that the floor plan is different. Maybe is that it's pertaining to muscle memory and how the brain functions. Like there's a neural mm-hmm. pathway created in your previous home that this is mm-hmm. the, these are the steps I take. Mm-hmm. So that was intentional? Yes. yes. So <laughs> it's a thing. Literally, my husband's the one that pointed out, he's like, we need a different floor blueprint. Um I think the, so Hadley's room, our old house, we built for her to be upstairs with us and the other two were downstairs. And meaning we have a ranch with a basement that Colorado, we have basements here. Um, And so her room was in the front of the house, but there was a a bathroom that had two doors. So right across from her bedroom and right across from our bedroom, but there were hallways in between. Mm -hmm. So her sounds traveled basically through the bathroom into our bedroom. And that was wonderful because we didn't have monitors and stuff. We just sure. knew we could hear her. And it meant we didn't sleep well for bit, the better part of 12 years. I'd hear her. I'd hear a little. That meant she was mm. having a seizure. And so I just literally jolt out of bed and go flying through the bathroom to her room. Um, so that path needed to be different. Like this yes. house does have in my office right here is in the front of the house. So it's kind of like where Hadley's room was in the old house but it's a completely different hallway and pathway and nothing's connected. And yeah, important. Fascinating. It is important. It is. It's that it's, Mm -hmm. it is a reboot. And that's like, Mm -hmm. I need a new way, a new way to Mm -hmm. walk in my home. It's a total reorientation of Mm -hmm. what it's like an an on purpose walk. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. really fascinating. Lee. Yeah. (sighs) So it's been 10, almost 10 years. So 10 years since she died, um, and let's see, it'll be six years. We've been in this house four and a, four year, four and a half years. Okay. So the reboot was about five and a half years ago because we wow. sold the house. Then we went and we called our friend that runs some Young Life camps here and just said, is there anything we could do? We just need to reboot our joy engine. We're not sure what our capacity to give is right now, but Aaron was taking a four-month medical leave of absence from work. So our friend said, yes, come to camp. So we went and lived at one of the camps and just worked for like six weeks. And that was really healing for all of us, um, except for Avery. Avery was pissed and angry at us for taking her away from friends that summer and all of that. And that, that was interesting. Um, yep, Aaron really needed, yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron really needed to be at Frontier. I mostly loved it. It was just our life was in limbo and I needed to know where we were going to land. And at that time, he was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to work again. We might live in a tent. We might buy a bus. We might live in a house. I don't know. But he was like, I can't, I can't carry the load. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was a process. So we did that for six weeks. We lived with some friends for six weeks. We rented a house for nine months by every school and friends. And then in that nine month period is where we were like, okay, we finally didn't make any decisions on the house until we were a hundred percent in alignment with one another. Yes. And then we said, this is what we can do. And I was like, how about I start working? 
<clears throat> again so that I can be contributing so you don't carry the whole load. And so that's the path that we started and now here we are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, how now, so almost five years out of the reboot, mm-hmm. um, would you do it again? Are you like, okay, this is not like, that's what we needed. Are you just as yes. sure on this side? 100 million percent. And so <laughs> is my husband, so is my son, so is my daughter, so are the people who are witnessing our lives around us. Yeah, 100 okay. percent. In fact, it's hard to not coach clients now and say, you need to freaking sell everything and get the hell out of your house. Like, <laughs> I'm not really saying that. And it's an option. It is. It, right. Well, mm-hmm. maybe people need to hear, I mean, this is part of like our conversation today is hearing someone who's done it, who said mm-hmm. all this shit happened and then it kept happening and then it kept happening. Mm-hmm. And at one point it was like, no, you know what? We're going to, we're going to make some decisions here, yes. uh, but that you lived through it and mm-hmm. that it was good, not just good, better. <laughs> right. And we need that story. We need a story like that. <clears throat> Yes. And I will say, you know, it was bumpy along the way. Um, us trying to sort things out and get our marriage back on track and Holden getting sober, staying sober. He now has five years and seven months tomorrow. Um, and so, and then keeping Avery going and she also lost one of her best friends during all that to suicide. Um, so that was, that felt impossible and all that too. There was so much going on at one time. So I would say it was definitely bumpy and every bit of the bumpy was worth it. Cause we would have not, I don't know that we would have survived in, if we stayed in the old story. Wow. That's wow. That's really interesting. Would have. Mm-hmm. And I will also to... say that some people have said, yeah, that must be nice that you could sell everything and then just buy it all new. That wasn't exactly how it was. I mean, we definitely, I'm grateful for where we have been financially in our life and we made um, a lot of choices um, we sat on outdoor furniture for the first seven months or so <laughs> right, until we could right. save up for a couch. Um, we, our bed, we just got a bed at the beginning of COVID in our bedroom. Our mattress has been <laughs> on the floor. So totally. it, we did make, you know, we had to make some sacrifices and then Aaron chose to take a whole year and shift his career. And so we drained our savings account doing that, but that meant we just tried different things. And so yeah. Yeah, it could look like perfect world in some ways. Like, oh, you just sold it. You just redid it. That's kind of true, but it's not the whole story. I'm glad that you clarified because I think sometimes what happens when people come to their own change is they deflect against what they know they need to do by painting somebody mm-hmm. else's picture so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like clearly they can't, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, the truth is we, we've had outdoor furniture and our mattress has been on the ground for five years. So... Yeah. So now what's your excuse, right? So now what? (laughs) Right, right. And one of the couches was because they dropped our couch in the street on the way in. And so they put a new one out there, but they told us to keep the one they dropped. And so now it sits in my office with a blanket over the arm where it's scraped in the street. So it looks like, oh my gosh, you have this great couch. I do. And it has a scrape on the street and it was free. So <laughs> yeah, even yeah. better, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how we, what we project into other people's stories mm-hmm. and what that says about our mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leith, yeah, it's as I know we talked a bit about this to begin with, but there's, there's a lot of turmoil and chaos that we are facing collectively uh, as globally, you know, as people that mm-hmm. are facing 
for the first time pandemic Mm -hmm. and then the secondary fallout of what that means economically and socially and spiritually. And like, Mm -hmm. it's too much, like maybe to use your word, impossible, impossible Mm -hmm. to navigate. And I've come back and thought of you and thought of your story and thought about how Mm -hmm. you were going to say, not today. (laughs) I'm no. And that it took, it took five years to come to that idea of reboot and then Mm -hmm. the execution of reboot. Mm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there's something that keeps like rising from me, which is that it, the end of the story isn't what's given to you. It's really what you're deciding to do to mm-hmm. flip that back over and to say, no, this is how we're going to continue to go and mm-hmm. build from here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I tell my clients, I do a self-care call every Friday and I say every single Friday, I say the same thing, which mm-hmm. is we can look at our lives as this is happening to me or this is happening for me. Mm-hmm. And there were many years where I was like, why does this keep happening to us? And now, of course, it's easier not caring for somebody, trying to keep them alive for 12 years. It's easier that our son is sober. It's easier that our marriage is better. And we chose to look at it and say, ah, what if this was all happening for us? And so now our both of our life's work is is walking with people through that. Like, how can we shift our mindset to not everything has to happen. We can keep looking at it that way. Anyway, you can all day long. Yeah, if, totally. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, those mm-hmm. people that are kind of Debbie Downers and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're just like, I, this keeps happening to me. It's going to yes. keep happening to you. Yes. Unless that's right. you shift your mindset a little bit. That's, we can't change our yeah. circumstances. We can certainly change how we respond. Um, which makes me think of another thing. One of the doctors, I had severe anxiety and depression. Um, of course, Gosh, it's probably like 15 years ago now. But at the time, I didn't know that's what it was. I thought you got undepressed if you just opened up the blinds and got some sun on your face. <laughs> well, I think the commercials show that of like the little red guy. And he's like, blue, 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 blue. Right. Yeah. And then he smells yes, roses I'm, and he's fine. Right. Like it's a Zoloft and I'm commercial. so sorry to anyone that I ever said, can't you just get out and get a walk? Like, yeah. Anyway, I was sunk to the bottom. Not well. Uh, drinking a ton, medicating. Oh, it was awful. So um, in part of my getting well is the psychiatrist had said, you know, I know you're in the thick of this life, you know, caregiving life circumstance. And so you may not be able to change that, but you can change your environment, your caregiving environment. And I was like, tell me more. So that started this path of we basically, I mean, like out there right now in our house is spa music playing. Um, Aromatherapy runs almost 24 seven. Um, just keeping the vibe we don't TVs don't run in the background in our home that mm-hmm. that wasn't bringing life to us and so we started finding things that did bring life we do there's sun everywhere in this house that brings our whole family life so um shifting we couldn't change what was happening in our life we could shift what the environment was like and i felt like i had a little control of something in that i can at least play spa music and have aromatherapy and feel like things are peaceful and Yes. That's a whole other path we could go down, but. Yeah. Well, because like with that, I mean, you're, again, it's, it's more than environment. There's volition. You know, as soon as we realize that we can have influence on our environment, everything changes. Mm -hmm. And then you're using your senses, which is such neuro work to be able to use our senses to say, again, I choose what it smells like in here, what it sounds like in here. Mm -hmm. Oh, how I feel 
in here, hmm, what I'm thinking about in here, what's possible in here. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's a mm-hmm. it's almost like the beginning of how quantum mechanics works. Like we're changing that mm-hmm. potential energy at the top of that wave of, oh, I'm up here where I get to have some say. Mm-hmm. That's everything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Leith. What would you say to people that have never heard of doing a reboot? What, what's your advice? Where do they start and should they do it? <laughs> How do they know? I think if it's even a question, then the answer is yes. If it's even a question of whether or not you should, you probably should. However, it might mean baby steps. It might mean I've told some friends and some clients, like what if it's a physical um, environment aspect? What if it is starting with you know, things like just changing up the environment, um, making it more peaceful, decluttering your closet. I don't buy any more hangers. So even though we do have more things than we did when we first moved in, we were very minimalist when we first moved into this house. And we've gotten a little bit where we, we buy more than we used to, but I don't buy any extra hangers. So if I buy a new shirt or something, I have to get rid of one. I won't buy any more uh, rack for my shoes. So that's it. Whatever fits there. Otherwise they're out. Um, now I did find that I could tuck some on the bottom. <laughs> <So> <laughs> a little allowance. <laughs> there's still that in me, even though I'm a, more of a minimalist than I used to be. Totally. Um, so I would say like physically, that's one thing. If it's like emotional, mental stuff that needs to be done, you know, um, I don't know if we talked about this when we were on site, but I, I learned this idea from on site of making a two degree shift. So mm-hmm. like, what's one thing in your life that you could reboot that was teeny tiny. So yeah. a year from now, your whole life's going to look completely different if you just make the most micro movement change. Yeah. So a reboot can come in, or you can sell your whole freaking house and everything in it. Right. But totally. it can come in various ways, I guess. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Leith. That's good. Cause I think that gives every, everyone, somewhere to put their toe in the pool. And some people mm-hmm. are going to hear this and be like, that's what I've been waiting my whole life to hear is I need to do that. I need a mm-hmm. reboot. I'm can- I'm the cannonball. Um, and some people are like, okay, I can start with going through one drawer in my house and I'm yeah. just going to need to put my toe in the part of the pool to see what that's like and realize, oh, I can have influence over mm-hmm. my experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that one drawer leads to two drawers. And that feels really good. So then you're like, maybe I'll try another drawer. Maybe I'll try the whole storage room. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. But there is something to, um, I just came across a link the other day and I didn't read. I'm not incredibly educated on it. I do know that there is neuroscience studies about mm-hmm. having minimal clutter in your home environment and how that impacts who we are and how we do things. And, you know, totally. so I know there's something to it, but. Yes. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. then it's like the neuroscience of attachment. And if you thought like all of the extra tethers or little like neuron fibers that would have to hold the space for all of your things, because mm-hmm. we remember, we remember that book, we remember that knickknack. We were, I mean, I'm looking at my house right now. I'm like, okay, that broom and the story that's connected to that and all the extra brain juice that it requires to attend to all of the things. And if our brain is consumed by all the things, unnecessary or otherwise, old even, just maybe just mm-hmm. old and they don't fit mm-hmm. right anymore, mm-hmm. um, what are we denying as far as potential brain energy, potential thought, potential 
potential <laughs> mm-hmm. if there wasn't that clutter or the attachments, mm-hmm. the neuro attachments to the things. Yes. Oh, uh, so feels good. good. Doesn't <laughs> so it feel good. good? It feels good to be mm-hmm. like, oh, less. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is so much better. Yes, mm-hmm. genuinely. Mm-hmm. Leith, where can people um, find more about you, your work, website? Where do you want people to be able to um, connect to you? Mm-hmm. So leithmchugh.com is my website, and that's L-E-I-T-H-M-C-H-U-G-H. Um, that's my website. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook and Instagram upon occasion. I posted the cutest picture of my kids yesterday. Um <laughs> Let's see that. Yeah, that's probably a great that's place good. to find me. Mm-hmm. Good. I'll, I'll link that too. Cause I think it's always fun for people to re- like see more of the person behind the conversation that it's like, it's mm-hmm. not just like, you really did this. This is, you've really mm-hmm. made this happen. Like you've really mm-hmm. lived your life and you're doing something on purpose with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazingly. Well, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. It has been um, very life giving for me, for a whole family. I, I wish that I had thought to grab hold and have him just give it two two seconds about it. But he he has. Um, we've talked about it since he's lived here a little bit, and he's just like that was literally the best thing that we all ever did. Um, so our kids would also say that it wasn't like they're like, oh, we hated it that our parents did that, you know? Right. Um, right. So, and then also I would love to offer it too, like for your listeners and whoever follows your um, work as well, that I'd be more than happy to schedule a 15 minute call or something just to even talk about this. Cool. If somebody's like, cool. no, I really want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be happy to do that too. So. Oh, that's awesome. That, thank you. That's really good. That's good. Cause I think it's helpful for people to ask the questions of like, well, what happened then? Or then how did you do this part? Or mm-hmm. yeah. Lee, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you guys, as always, for listening to TrailerCast. I am super stoked that you are here and that you are using some of your time in the day um, to listen in. If you have any interest in being a part of this podcast and or letting your voice and story be heard here, I would love to know about it. Um, It is incredible to watch the different ways that we're all connected. And when we hear someone else's story and it connects to a part of our own story and it's like, oh yeah, this for me and me too and that. and, and, And I love that like extra like synergy and the extra connections that happen as a result. So let me know if you want to come check out and be a part of this podcast. If you go to elisesnipes.com and the podcast tab, there's a spot at the bottom where you can actually just sign up and we can talk together about what it would be like for you to get to hear and have your story shared here. Other things and thoughts for you are, um, this is a lot, like there's a lot going on. And so if you are listening to Leith's story um, and or have been listening to this podcast for a while and you are feeling like it's time for you to do some of your own work, please reach out. You guys, there's so many different ways to take care of you. It doesn't have to be like in an old fashioned archaic system. You can have fun with the way that you heal. You can choose the frequency and the rate and how you do it and when you do it and where you do it. Just know that 
you do not have to live your life the way that it has always gone. You get a chance to reboot. You get a chance to say, hey, you know what? That's not working for me anymore. I need something to be different. So would love for you to follow up um, with myself, with Leith, with the many gifted people that are in this field that are looking to create spaces for you to be able to see things clearly so you can take meaningful action in your life. Okay, let's do this. Cheers. Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes, sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at EliseSnipes underscore collective and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers and see you next time.